developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Lynn and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today visiting with us is Therese Paul. Therese is a very interesting person as you'll quickly see her passion, creativity, and influencing abilities. Today we're going to talk about staying positive in a negative world. Quite a challenge these days, I'd say, so I look forward to that. But first, let's talk a little bit about Therese and uh, learn about her very impressive and adventurous life. Therese is a registered dietitian, professional speaker, and certified professional coach with 25 years of experience helping thousands of clients create healthy and rewarding lifestyles. She's the owner of Define Health Wellness Coaching, where she coaches clients individually and conducts workshops and retreats that focus on nourishing the body, mind, and spirit. She's also an international best-selling author, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. Her experiences with clients, family, and friends have led to her current passion of helping clients stay vibrant as they face the challenges of aging and caregiving. She is currently accepting new clients for the next series of successful caregiver wellness programs, which she'll tell us a lot more about that today as well. Teresa's family is her lifeline. She enjoys spending time with what she calls her brilliant husband, two grown children, and extended family, as well as her energetic dad, who is 95 years young. Teresa, welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Thank you, Dr. Lynn. It's great to be here. Well, thank you. So let's kind of just jump in. And with all that's going on in this world, no matter where you stand and your beliefs uh, in this world, why does it, why does this world seem so negative today? Well, you know, if we compared our world today to 100 years ago and what our grandparents were going through, um, I am able to help people see that the world isn't as negative as it seems today, right? Um, So, you know, 100 years ago, people, you know, average life expectancy was, uh, you know, 48 to 51 years. Um, They didn't even have indoor plumbing. I mean, they worked in agriculture. Uh, Women didn't vote. I mean, they didn't, you know, have all of the medical technology they have now. So it's not that our world is so negative. It's just that it's seems negative. And often this is because of our exposure to media, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. this is how they get our attention um, is through negativity. 
Well, that's for sure. And I know even for myself, I mean, I'm having to take off apps off my phone and not listen to the news because it's so easy to be uh, obsessed with every little detail that I'm sure was happening in this world, you know, for years, but I didn't have access to hearing every detail at any moment as soon as I pick up a phone or listen to the radio or TV. Exactly, exactly. And we are basically um, wired to respond to negativity, you know, and that's why negativity, you know, kind of gives our instinctual um, responses in play. And that's why it's so powerful. It's influential, you know, bad news sells. And if it bleeds, it leaves, right? Yeah. And that's so sad. And that's so apparent between ads for political kinds of situations or um, it's all about the negativity. And I can't imagine having a a TV or radio station that was all positive news. Wouldn't that be refreshing? But they probably wouldn't sell enough ads to support it. Is is that what you're saying? Basically, that's the sad truth of it because of the way that we are wired that, you know, if you, I mean, studies have shown that if you have equal measures of good and bad, the psychological effects of the bad events outweigh the good ones. And so that's why negativity is so powerful. It gets our attention, you know, it, um, but like you said, it, it's so influential. It sells products. Of course, they figured that one out right away, but it also wins political campaigns, ruins reputations. Uh, the list goes on, you know, um, and like you said, right. sells ads because, you know, this is what people will click on. This is what they will respond to. That's right. So how does this perception of negativity, which we can surround ourselves so easily, affect us as individuals? Well, the negativity, um, you know, uh, stress, you know, gives us a certain physiological response. We have that fight or flight mechanism. We have to respond to stress. But studies have actually shown that if we if we have that stress and we perceive it as negative, that negativity is even worse than the stress is in the first place. Right. So um, and that constant bombardment um, of those body responses, those hormone changes uh, leads to physical and psychological um, problems. You know, we get uh, elevated blood pressure, hardening of the arteries, obesity, depression. Uh, have all been linked to this negativity and our response to it. Mm-hmm. And can you help us understand, um, you know, the impact of these kinds of stressors? Because in competition and sports, you know, we know that some stress can actually be helpful in our performance. But, you know, where's that line and where it becomes much more um, of a negative influence on our uh, mind and body? Well. Like I said, um, the stress, we have a response to, and that's normal, right? But if we're constantly stressed, you know, day in, day out, that causes physical changes in our body. And if we're perceiving that stress as negative, that causes psychological responses um, to us. Um, So, you know, one really um, detailed example of how perception is so important to our lives 
um, will go take you back to, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Um, right. You know, the uh, psychiatrist in a concentration, several concentration camps during World War II. And what he noticed in the people around him was not the horrible conditions that they were in. Um, you know, it was freezing cold, not enough food, overwork, not enough sleep. You know, they were horrible physical conditions. What he noticed that people that would kill people was when they gave up hope. Right. One day they would just give up, lay there, wouldn't move, and just passed away. And that's what he noticed was that um, that perception, that that hope for the future. Um, when you lose that and all you feel is that negativity around you, that's when you give up. And so it's um, it's often not the physical stress we're under. It's the mental response to it. And that's so true. Uh, I've had the experience where I have a family member that has had significant social anxiety, uh, just thinking about going to a party or being in a class mm-hmm. situation and getting back to school. And I remember years ago, I, I took her to a psychologist to, you know, evaluate what was going on and see if there was something we could do. And he hooked her up to some instrumentation. And just in his creation of going to school and going to the party and, and being around their friends, he would measure her blood pressure and her, her sweating and her breathing. And I was shocked when I could actually see the instrumentation measuring you know, the raises, the, the rises in the blood pressure and, and the shortness of breath, and you could see her sweat. And this was just the anxiety and anticipation, the perception of what the event yeah. would be like. And once you got to the event, most of that went away. And so it wasn't actually the event, but just really the anticipation and what you're calling the perception uh, of the event. Exactly. You know, you know, I was going to tell you when I, um, I I see a lot of patients that have uh, learning disabilities and reading and dyslexia kinds of problems. And when we do our vision testing and we're looking to see if they have skill deficits, often we'll find there's problems in tracking and focusing and eye-hand coordination. But when I explain it to the parents, I talk to them about two parts of every issue. One is, do you have the skills? And the second is the perception of the skills. And so often these young kids perceive schoolwork and homework like, oh, my gosh, it's going to take forever and I can't do it and I'm not smart enough. And that is more of the problem than the skill deficit itself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And Viktor Frankl has a, a famous quote. He says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. So no matter what happens to us, we have the power to choose our response to it. Um, And we have the ability to retrain our brain to focus on that positive, focus on that hope for the future. So thank you for the great quotes. And, you know, tell us about that space. How do we find and and see that space? Because often... We're so unaware of it. Uh, we don't even notice that there is a choice that we could be making. How do you find that space? So the first, um, you know, 
I, I help people with self-care, um, especially as we get older and we're caring for others. Um, we tend to lose track of our own uh, personal self-care. And so the first step in self-care is that positive mindset. You've got to really focus on switching that brain to focus on the positive so that you can um, have that hope for the future. So I teach people how to um, focus on the positive, how to retrain your brain to focus on the positive. And some of it are things that people are already aware of. You know, if I'm doing a presentation, I'll always ask. Um, most people are aware of some of these things, but maybe they're not practicing them on a regular basis, or maybe they don't understand how important they are. Um, so things like um, journaling, especially gratitude journaling, right, can just switch your brain set in, in, a, in an instant. Um, things like self-improvement reading, goal setting. Uh, writing affirmations, doing visualization, um, all of these things can help us to focus on the positive and also focus on what we want in to focus on instead of letting letting us be so influenced by all this media and all this negativity around us. And I totally agree and, and uh, you know what you're saying, Therese. But when you have somebody who's just in such depths of pain or grief or trauma, again, how do they find that place of positivity? Uh, you, can you just make believe that all is well? Or, you know, what is that well, big transition? Our, interestingly, our subconscious minds don't really know the difference between reality and fantasy. So part of it, you can start to influence your subconscious mind um but part of it is having that hope for the future um let me just give you an example i work with a lot of caregivers family caregivers and i always hear them say something like how do i i've been invited to go on a trip how do i do that how do i go on vacation leave my loved one behind and enjoy myself how do i do that and so that's just one example. And I say to them, do you, what would you say to a friend or a loved one? Or if it was your um, child, adult child, who's taking care of you, <laughs> what would you say to them? What would you say to that person? They need that vacation, right? They need that break. They need that mental um, break, that relaxation, rest, um, fun, excitement, whatever it is. And so do you want people around you um, to see this as an example? Do you want other people to forfeit their own um, joy and life for others? No, you don't. And so don't don't make that example because we're always influencing others, whether we realize it or not, you're influencing other people. So if you want to influence them in a positive way, you need to be the one to step up and say, you know what? I need a break. I need this vacation. I'm going to take it. Right. And that's, 
you know, in my work of see it, say it, do it, that's the real say it piece, the declaration of of uh, what you're creating for yourself. Um, I know in my own personal experience, being able to say something positive totally has to be true to me. Like, I'll give you an example. When I had my knee replaced about four or five years ago, I was dreading the surgery. <clears throat> I was... I'm a great visualizer, and I could visualize every little medical thing that could go wrong in the surgery. <laughs> you know, uh, the anesthetic, the the actual surgery, the recovery, and and my head was full of all of this negative chat. Right. So it's not right. that I wasn't visualizing; I was visualizing all the negative stuff. The wrong And thing. I know yeah. that's not the place I want to be in when I go in for that surgery. And I know from my work as well that I need to somehow switch into saying some kind of a uh, positive statement or, or declaration. So I, I would try it. I'm excited about this surgery. Well, that's not true. I'm not at all excited. <laughs> I can't wait for the surgery. Are you kidding? I'm dreading it. So I'm having this one-way conversation for right, quite some right. time. And I was just but in such... there was such something a... you were looking forward to, right? There was something in the future that you were looking forward to. That was the key. I just hadn't found it yet. <laughs> and right. so I'm, this is torturing me for days. And it's actually to the point of the stress, the anxiety, I'm losing weight, I can't sleep. So I'm getting all the physical manifestations now of being in this place. And I remember I was watching television and on uh, TV was this ad about learn to dance, learn your cha-cha, cha-cha, you know, and their cha-cha. And I laughed and I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to cha-cha. Yeah. And and immediately, cha-cha, yeah. the letters of that word, cha, was clean, healthy, alive, and all is well. And those words <laughs> just fell into cha-cha. And so I just started laughing like cha-cha, cha-cha. And as soon as I could say cha-cha, talk about a switch in my mind, I could just switch myself into this little chuckle. And it was true to me. You know, it's true that I want to cha-cha-ha-ha, and that then was very meaningful to me and made a big difference in uh, my hope in going and, and how I felt about going into the surgery. That's a great example, Dr. Lynn. And, um, you know, having a coach to help you along that journey can be, can be very helpful. And so we've been able to help many people find those answers, right? Because you may want to, you know, your brain's going to keep looping back. Um, I love the quote from Albert Einstein, the significant problems we have cannot be solved at the same level of thinking with which we created them. So have <laughs> to, yeah, sometimes it takes a coach. I mean, you're, you're very fortunate. You're able to talk yourself through that, but a lot of people, you know, they keep looping back to that same thinking. Right. And so, um, you know, I just encourage people to start thinking a little bit out of the box, you know, um, and start opening up to new, exploring new ways of thinking. Well, Therese, you really gave me, um, you know, accolades that I don't deserve and that I didn't do this myself. <laughs> and, and that's the issue. Even if you know what you need to do so often, like for myself, I couldn't break it myself. I did have a coach that actually had two people from my learning and my, my work that would help okay. me with this because yeah. personally, 
I knew exactly what needed to be done. But when when I am in the depths myself, it's sort of like Dr. Heal thyself, you know, when you're in the depths of the illness yourself, being the patient's different than being the doctor. And right. you know, after the break, I'm really wanting to have you talk more about the importance of coaching and and uh, certainly some tips on that. Uh, so, yes, coaching was really important um, because, as you mentioned, this is not about the intellectual knowing of what needs to be done. People know it'd be great to be positive, um, but how to get there, I think, is the key. Um, right. You mentioned a couple ways of shifting your mindset from negative to positive, but do you have a couple little tricks that seem to be, you know, right there for you in, in a situation that you can share, you know, a couple really important ways to shift from negativity to positivity? Um, well, quick, you know, quick ideas um, that you can use. Um, this one, it does take a little bit of time, okay? Um, but I think when you practice some of these uh, activities, you can pull on them later, you know? Um, so one of my favorite pretty quick ways to shift your mindset is gratitude journaling. And uh-huh. so if, if you can, you know, grab your journal um, or just something to write with, even your computer's fine, go get in a comfy spot, something you're, you know, as positive of, of a place as you can. And just fill a page with everything that you're gratitude, that you're grateful for, all of the things, the reasons why you are grateful. Um, practice that gratitude. So it can be people in your lives. Um, it can be um, opportunities, God-given skills that you have. Just everything that you can think of, fill a page with everything that you're grateful for in that moment. And by the time you get down to the bottom of that page that you filled, your attitude will be switched like that. I mean, it's just amazing how that works. Yeah, I know gratitude journals are really a very important thing. Um, and I think the writing of it, not just, you know, sometimes I'll lay in bed and think, you know, what are five things that I'm grateful for in the morning? And I think that in itself is helpful. But when you really start writing it down, um, I think that makes a huge difference. And I know for me, one of the quickest ways to at least be in a place where I can shift is doing some breathing exercises, which we can talk about after the break. Um, yeah. But but often somehow breaking the loop. And you talked about it's a loop of this negativity. And I see like this little uh, dribble in my head, like running on, on this wheel that can't get off. And just right. sometimes taking the breath that you can break the loop so that you can get to the next step, whether it's going to be a, a journal or... Um, you know, speaking and having a conversation. We'll get into more of these activities. Uh, uh, We're going to take a break in just a minute and learn more about shifting our mindset from negative to positive. So we'll be right back. Thanks. Thank you. Dr. Lynn will be right back after this.
your child see, really see, more than 2020? Does your child struggle in school, have trouble with tracking when reading, or resist writing? Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's award-winning book, See It, Say It, Do It, provides parents and teachers with specific tools and strategies in visualization and processing. Improve and empower your child's learning and performance in school, sports, and play. Get See It, Say It, Do It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Vision Beyond Sight will help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Join Dr. Lynn each week for a new exciting episode, Vision Beyond Sight. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's book, 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance, has identified the top 50 ways for you to achieve excellent results in any sport activity, enhance eye-mind-body coordination skills, achieve the mental edge, prevent injuries. This book belongs in every athlete's or coach's sports bag. Get 50 tips to improve your sports performance on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Hi, welcome back. And we're talking to Therese Paul, who is a registered dietitian, speaker, uh, and a professional coach. And we've been talking about how to start switching and our mindset from being negative to positive. And Teresa's really brought up uh, some of her her tricks, and not only tricks, but they're just huge strategies in making a shift, including journaling, goal setting. We were talking a little bit about breathing, and I know even with little kids, you know, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, when they're in tantrums or anxiety states or any of these kinds of things, we are just always looking at breathing, whether it's like blowing out a candle or blowing up a balloon. And what it does is just shift some out of this cycle, whether it's an anxiety cycle or um, whatever it is. And then when, when people are in those states of anxiety or stress, whatever, you can't talk rationally to them. I mean, trying to make a decision, you're in the wrong part of the brain. And so it's just not going to work. So breathing for me is a really important thing. So we're going to talk um, to Therese about the four pillars of self-care. She had mentioned um, the start, 
but if you'll go through all four of those pillars uh, and give our listeners some really great ideas, um, what they can do to help themselves. Sure, sure. So I had mentioned that uh, the first step in self-care is that positive mindset. That's where we find our inner peace, our inner strength, and our hope for the future. Um, And that is part of the first pillar, which is focus within. So we really need to focus within ourselves. Uh, You had talked about breathing. Um, We've talked about journaling, uh, self-improvement reading. Um, It's just so important. We spend so much time with our eyes looking outward, right? It's almost like we need another set of eyes that are looking in. (laughs) So just so important to focus within ourselves. So many ways to do that. Um, People enjoy, uh, you know, yoga, meditation, tai chi, um, just journaling, reading. Uh, There are so many ways to focus within. You mentioned breathing, so important. Um, And the second pillar is prioritizing you. And I had mentioned, especially when I work with my my family caregivers, uh, that they're so busy focusing on these other people that they're caring for that they have a hard time prioritizing themselves. And so we have to really focus on who is the most important person you are. And unfortunately, um, one of the reasons why I am so passionate and motivated um, in this area is that my own mother, uh, you know, uh, I watched her and my, you know, family of caregivers, right? My grandmother took care of my great-grandmother. My mother took care of my grandmother. But unfortunately, my mother passed away at the age of 59, less than a year after she cared for her mother. Wow. And she always put everybody else, took care of everybody else except the most important person. And uh, it affected her health. It shortened her life. And so I'm out here telling people, please don't do that. Uh, You've got to prioritize yourself. You are the most important person. Um, And if I could comment, that that is huge because most caregivers will do anything to help the person they're taking care of. And it's and they know and they see themselves. But making the choice to do something for themselves seems to be uh, like climbing such a big mountain. They can't even get started. So that, that's just a huge piece of that. It, 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 it is huge. And studies are showing now that uh, some a significant portion of caregivers are actually passing away before the people they're caring for, um, especially Alzheimer's patients, uh, Alzheimer's can go on for many years, and oftentimes that caregiver um, shortens their lives, and they pass away before the person they're caring for. Um, It's a significant uh, issue among family caregivers. And boy, that's sad. So please continue on, pillar number three. So the third pillar is to reach out to others for help. And so this is another stage of this, okay? Part of prioritizing you is to say, hey, I need some help. I need to get help instead of always be, you know, giving it. (laughs) I need to be on the other side of this. Um, And so reaching out to others for help. 
uh, is very important. Um, and that's part of my um, self-care um, program uh, is getting in the habit of doing that and uh, helping people to see the importance of it. <laughs> and then the fourth pillar is to have fun. You know, sometimes we just forget that life should be fun. Um, life should be pleasurable. Life should be joyful. And so we've got to prioritize that as well. And so um, what I help my clients with is um, through my coaching programs is we actually practice um, self-care skills and that gets them in the habit of one, doing regular self-care and two, picking out which of those activities they enjoy the most and want to continue. And so um, it's just, it's very important to, again, retrain our brains to focus on the positive and focus on ourselves. And those are all great, great suggestions. And I know, and I, I love that you're interested, especially in helping the care, uh, those who are caregivers uh, and the challenges of aging. Um, because so I see so little being done for those folks. You know, they're often, they have their own family. They have often are working and then trying to care for, it's usually their parents, not always, but uh, it's just a humongous um uh, job to do um what other you've had some um i don't know if you're doing retreats right now but you've had some workshops you want to talk about some of these workshops and retreats that that focus on nourishing the body mind and spirit especially in the realm for the caregiver um so i do um workshops uh, virtual or live um i have retreats um, for um, mostly what I do is uh, women's wellness retreats, uh, typically a weekend of just focusing on that self-care um, and uh, just uh, literally putting yourself in a different space where you have no distractions, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't that nice? So often... Yeah, so often, you know, it's hard to relax um, when there are so many things that need done So, and so many people that are, you know, needing you. So we just kind of, the retreats are to remove them from that space and let them completely uh, focus on self-care, healthy eating, um, yoga, meditation, journaling, um, exercise, hiking, nature. Um, you know, just all of those wonderful activities. And it is a magical experience to watch. Um, and then, um, you know, also my coaching program. So I uh, create coaching programs for um, caregivers and other people who are focusing on um, working on those goals um, to prioritize their health um, and create that joyful, healthy lifestyle. You know, that all sounds so um, wonderful, intriguing. I guess my question is, how do you get a caregiver to leave for even the weekend? <laughs> you know, right, um, that, right. That's probably the most difficult challenge is to make the commitment to go and do that, because I'm sure 
after getting over, you know, the anxiety of leaving their, their loved one, um, it all sounds just luscious that, you know, you, you can really be, be nurtured yourself. But, but really, how do you get them to, to let go and be okay right. with spending a few days for themselves? That's part of the process, right? So I just um, was keynote speaker at a caregiver connection event. Uh, and there was like 80, 80 or 90 family caregivers there. And it was, you know, a Saturday morning. It was a half a day. But still, you know, part of it is realizing that you need these events and finding someone to support you in this and to step in and help out. And that is definitely part of the process that we need to go through because <laughs> like sure. you said, it's not, it's not easy. Uh, oftentimes my coaching programs are, you know, um, over the phone uh, so that they don't have to leave, but sometimes you need to schedule that um, vacation, uh, that relief. And there, there's actually, you know, respite um, providers who will help you with that. Oh, which is great. Um, and are most of these online? You mentioned online and live. Do you do both of them? I do. I do. So the, um, the presentation I just gave last week was live. Uh, we're back to being able to, you know, be together again. So that's wonderful after the last couple of years. Um, but I also do a lot of my coaching programs are um, weekly phone calls and uh, virtual um, cooking classes and um, other types of things, you know, uh, virtual yoga classes or whatever we decide that we would like to add in to the program. Um, And, uh, you know, just making it doable for people with their busy lives. Well, you know, this virtual piece I see as being, I could see that as being such an uh, outlet for Many folks that are really just stuck at home and couldn't get away to travel, but to know that there's a phone call every week or know that there's somebody or a group of people that you can chat with each week online, boy, that's a whole new avenue that I think could really be helpful for a lot of people that really, for whatever reasons, are are stuck or just can't get away for very long. What a great way to start, um, at least virtually. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, just have to be flexible and, um, you know, uh, be that support person to help that person not only think through, um, you know, some of these new ideas, um, find out what works for them and uh, help them to create that, that new healthy, healthy life for themselves. Which is great. Well, Teresa, I want to make sure you let our listeners know how they may reach you, get more information. Uh, you have some T-shirts coming up. Uh, share with our listeners how to contact you with all that. Thank you. So you can reach out to me on the web. Uh, my website is definehealthllc.com. That's define, like how do you define health? That's uh, one of my key questions that I ask people because it's not about finding some perfect diet or exercise program. It's finding how you define health, what's important to you. 
um, and then figuring out, well, how do you get there, right? Because once you prioritize what's important to you, now you've got a motivation. You've got a motivator. So it's uh, www.definehealthllc.com. And on Facebook, I actually have a page for um, my family caregivers, and it's called Self-Care, two words, no hyphen, Self-Care for the Caregiver. Um, And you can look me up on Facebook there. And I'm on Instagram at Therese Paul Health, T-H-E-R-E-S-E-P-A-U-L Health. That's great. And uh, don't forget your book, um, co-author of the book, Journeys to Success, Health, Wellness, and Fitness Edition. Where can they reach that? And, you know, what, what can they get from that book? So the book is an interesting compilation. Uh, I haven't, uh, have one chapter, uh, but it is all about uh, using Napoleon Hill's principles um, to help uh, myself and my clients. So it talks a lot about my journey and other health professionals' journey. You know, it kind of starts with that personal piece and then gets you to the professional piece and how you've used it to help uh, your clients as well. Um, and so um, that is something that will be uh, soon available on my website as well as my Hug a Caregiver t shirt. So we designed these beautiful t shirts. And I love when I wear them and people read it and they get this huge smile on their face. Um, it says, hug a caregiver. It's got a big heart on it. And Great. Um, those, those are going to be available on my website soon as well. And 10% of the proceeds will be donated to a charity that supports family caregivers because we really need to find a way to support people who typically work for free right? And help our, our country keep going. <laughs> That's mean, for sure. I don't know what we do without them. That is for sure. And it's the you know lowest paying job ever around, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I do know, and because I've been a caregiver for my, my folks somewhat, and um, as demanding as it is, it is sometimes the most rewarding part of life of being with a person at moments and that, you know, those candid moments and those loving moments and those funny moments of sharing a life together, um, I would never give it up. Uh, if only there was a way to balance the stress and the time that it takes to be with, with uh, your loved ones and the caregiving. That's the big challenge. So that's, before that's we wrap this true. up, yeah. So before we wrap this up, uh, Teresa, is there anything else you'd like to, to share for our listeners? Well, I will leave you with a quote from um, one of my favorite authors, Dr. Susan Jeffers. All you have to do to change your world is change the way you think about it. So look me up. I will be happy to help you uh, with that journey. And thank you again, Dr. Lynn, for having me on the show today. Well, it's certainly my pleasure. And your quote resonates so much because, you know, one of the quotes that I end with is remember your vision doesn't define you you define your vision and it's about you know expand your vision and see with clarity gain courage and confidence and so um, Therese I truly appreciate your inspiration and your words of wisdom 
what you're doing, I think, is so important in this world and supporting the people who support the people. And uh, I think it's an, a, a, such a valuable resource for our, for our listeners and hope a lot of people will contact you. And just thanks so much uh, for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Dr. Lynn. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.